Today on the Locked On Hornets podcast, it's a Monday solo show low, and I'm going to be talking about some positives that we can finally take away from the preseason after a rematch with the Boston Celtics. Plus, I spied a few things that happened in Greensboro. I'll tell you about that a little bit later. And we've got another preseason game coming up tonight against the Wizards. That's all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. And just like that, it's the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and daily wherever you get podcasts, including on YouTube. I'm Doug Branson. You can catch more of my work on my Substack, Every Hornets Box Score, at everyhornetsboxscore.com. I'm doing game notes there. I uh, We've got a podcast going on there looking back at historical box scores from Charlotte Hornets history and uh, I'll soon have some stuff up on YouTube. You can check that out now. Uh, go to YouTube, search Every Hornets Box Score. Today on the show, uh, we've got a recap of this uh, past preseason game, preseason game number three against the Boston Celtics. We're also going to pre preview, a lot of pre previewing the preseason game number four against the Washington Wizards. So we've got a lot to get to in this show. Want to get right to it. The big story in another loss. It was a third consecutive loss in the preseason, but I think the big story from this game is number one, it wasn't a uh, double-digit loss. It nearly was, but the final score was 112-103, so right at the bet online line of nine for the Hornets, the deficit. But it was a second-half loss. The Hornets had control of this game in the first half, and I thought generally in this game, the Hornets played with much more purpose and organization on offense and effort on defense defense, especially in transition. If you remember in that second preseason game, they were getting beat in transition on dead ball possessions, on offensive foul dead ball possessions. Like I don't even know how that's possible, but they were managing it against Indiana, and, and the score showed it. Uh, but against Boston, they were able to clean up a lot of that despite a third consecutive game without Gordon Hayward and Cody Martin, and a second consecutive game without a backup point guard option, really a legitimate backup point guard option. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., a second consecutive game out for personal reasons. Now, Now, I should add a little context to this one. The Boston Celtics decided to rest most of their starters except for Jalen Brown. So you can't read a ton into any of the quarter results or the final itself as it relates to kind of how you think they will will, uh, play in the regular season. And I think it's always dubious to really look too deeply into the results and the final numbers on these preseason games. At least that's how I feel. I, I'm mainly looking for how how do they play? What's their attitude? What's their effort? What's their organization? What kind of offense are they running? What kind of defense, you know, what kind of effort on defense are they? And and are they really the most important thing, I think, for any team in the preseason? Are you starting to, especially with a team with a new coach, are you starting to establish a team identity? Are you doing the things that you say you want to do in media day in these training camp availabilities. Like it's one thing to say them. It's another thing entirely to actually do them. And I thought in this Boston game, they began to do some of those things. And I thought LaMelo Ball also began to start to dominate 
uh, in a way that he's probably going to have to if if Miles Bridges is no longer part of this team. Lamelo, not only for his own individual stats and individual accomplishments, if he wants to take his game from All Star to All NBA, he's going to have to dominate offensively. But but for the team goals, I, I think it, part of his evolution and the team's evolution is going to be him taking more of a, a primary role, especially in scoring. And we started to see him do it, that in the first quarter, and that brings me to my numbers to know. Here are LaMelo's first quarter stats, 15 points on 6 of 12 shooting, uh, plus three assists in that first quarter. He was absolutely excellent using the dribble, using penetration. Pull-up jumper was finally locked in. He was locked in in a way in this game that he hasn't been so far in the preseason. Now, there were some second-half struggles for LaMelo. I'll talk about that in the second segment. It's one of the things that I spied. I'll get to that in a moment. And some things that, that he's probably going to have to look at and the team's going to have to look at as they move forward. But the first quarter really showed you, oh yeah, that's the LaMelo ball. That, that might be the next evolution of LaMelo ball offensively. I think we saw that in, in the first quarter. Also, uh, numbers to know, assists. Uh, ball movement has not been very good for the Charlotte Hornets through the first two preseason games. Uh, and in fact, in that game one against Boston, they were beat in the assist column 41 to 13. And so much of that was happening because Boston was moving it in transition and the Hornets were not. And when they got into the half court, the ball wasn't moving either. So you weren't moving it in transition. You weren't moving it in the half court. And that's that's how you accumulate 13 assists for a game and how you give up 41 assists. But in game two versus Boston, they significantly reduced that margin 27 to 23 in favor of Boston. So no, they didn't win it. But they reduced that, that margin and added 10 more assists. So again, this game was not about, oh, We've seen the final form of the Charlotte Hornets, and we can feel more confident about their ability to overperform in the regular season. No, that is not my takeaway from this game. My takeaway is that the Charlotte Hornets finally made progress, and progress has been slow. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you've got a new coach, that you've got a team trying to mesh with those ideas that maybe they haven't been held as accountable to over the past couple of seasons. I'm sure Miles Bridges' absence has something to do with that. I'm sure the absence of Gordon Hayward and Cody Martin has something to do with that. There's a lot of figuring out happening right now. And this team's not very deep, and they're having to rely on some players that played a lot of time in Greensboro last season and uh, are are sort of showing it. I mean, they're, they're showing their inexperience with the NBA game. And so that's been difficult for this team overall. Um, but the takeaway from this game, the Charlotte Hornets finally made progress on displaying the principles they've been talking about since media day. Okay, coming up, I uh, put my detective hat. I don't know what you call a detective hat. Is it just a detective hat? Maybe it has a name, the hat that Sherlock Holmes wears, or you know, you're just sort of standard detective hat. I don't really know if that has a particular name, but I put on my detective hat, I got my spyglass out, and I spied a few things that were happening in that game in Greensboro against the Boston. Boston Celtics. Uh, I'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. But first, I got to tell you about our friends at LinkedIn, a relatively new sponsor for us, and they've been great so far. These days, you know, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And I can tell you that from personal experience because 
this podcast and some things that I do in video production and podcast production. I own my own production company and hiring is difficult. Hiring freelancers or hiring uh, full timers. It's a, it's a haul sometimes. And you want to be a hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster. And this is the best part, especially if you're a small business owner for free. Uh, add your job and uh, the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and you can spread the word that you're hiring. It, they've got simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And look, that's how you get ahead in small business. I ha- that's how you beat the competitors, is by having better people. Your people are your best your best weapon in, in, in uh, the, the, the ability to get more sales. So check it out. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Back here on Locked On Hornets, thank you so much for making us your first listen, whether it's in the car or on the treadmill or maybe at work. We really appreciate you prioritizing the information here that we're delivering on Locked On Hornets. I don't know if I said this in the intro, uh, but we always have first-time listeners to the show, and especially in preseason, a lot of people gearing up for the season, checking in with the show uh, because we're locked on Hornets. We're every day. We're the, I feel like we're the number one podcast on the Charlotte Hornets. I don't know if that's factually accurate, but I'm going to say it is. But uh, if you're checking in with the show on the first time, I'm usually joined by my co-host, Walker Mail. I'm usually the sort of reactionary part of this podcast, and Walker Mail, who's on WFNZ all week, uh, giving you both Panthers talk and Charlotte FC talk and Hornets talk there. He's usually the voice of reason. He is the radio professional, uh, but he, he couldn't make this show today. He'll be back the rest of the week, uh, but just wanted to mention that in case you're a first-time listener. It's not just me solo dolo on the mic. Okay, let's get to some news, and then I want to do this I Spy uh, segment. Uh, just a little bit of news on the Miles Bridges front. Of course, he's facing multiple felony domestic violence charges uh, in California. Right now, the preliminary hearing uh, for those charges has been continued for a fifth time to Wednesday, October 12th. I believe that court date was on uh, Friday, so the fifth continuation. We don't really have any other news, and until we do, uh, I I don't know that there's any reason to continue to talk about it. So I'm just going to leave that over there. Uh, Wednesday, October 12th should have some kind of uh, further update. Okay. I spy. I spied a couple of things in Greensboro. I'm going to start with LaMelo Ball because that's where we were in the first segment. thought he played exceptional in the first half, especially that first quarter. He was lighting it on fire. We saw dominant LaMelo Ball on offense. But then I thought in the second half, he started to force things a little bit. And we saw more of the LaMelo Ball that we saw in the first two preseason games, forcing the action, making some ill-advised passes, uh, and and forcing it especially, I I thought, offensively, his own offense, uh, taking some questionable shots. And, And I think this might happen more this season as he's asked to do more. You know, I think there's a big question as to, like, as his role grows in the offense, because we really, I don't even think last season you could confidently say 
he was the absolute unquestionable number one option on offense because you did have the ascension of Miles Bridges uh, to to the team, and so he was uh, he he wasn't the leading scorer of the team. It was very close, uh, but there was a three headed monster in Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges. And LaMelo Ball. And so, you know, we haven't seen him be in that number one role. And I think when he's been placed with some of these bench units that have been full of guys like Book Knight and Thor and and others that haven't gotten a lot of time in the NBA, uh, you've seen him force the action a little bit. And I think that's going to be a point of growth for him this season is, is how, to, how to manage the game, especially when you're being asked to do a lot more. Can you be efficient? Both guards in this in this past game, by the way, played better but again, this whole game was about making progress and not seeing the final form. But the guard play so far in the preseason has been a disaster. Both LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier not shooting the basketball well. And this one it got a little bit better. Then uh, again, the second half, though, for LaMelo Ball brought his efficiency down. He finished the game 8 of 22 after, again, that first quarter of going 6 of 12. And then Terry Rozier finished the game 5 of 11, uh, but doesn't hit either of his three-point attempts. He finishes the game with 14 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and a block. LaMelo was 23 points, 9 assists, almost had a double-double, 4 rebounds, uh, 3 steals, had four turnovers and six personal fouls. He actually fouled out late in this game. Again, it's all preseason. There's a lot of figuring things out happening, but I think it's something to watch as LaMelo Ball is asked to do more. Um, can he maintain efficiency on offense? Can can he keep the turnovers down? Can he manage games? All right, so the second thing I spied was Steve Clifford, new head coach, and he's got some things to figure out in terms of his lineups, in terms of his playing groups, and I thought he started to do that by reworking the lineup breaks and adding multiple starters in with some of these players, uh, these units that were full of players that didn't have a lot of NBA experience. I think it was a smart move. It was something I was calling for uh, after, really after the first preseason game against Boston when you saw extended minutes for these lineups that had Rozier or LaMelo Ball paired with Nick Richards, Thor, uh, Book Knight, and Jalen McDaniels. Those lineups were getting absolutely eviscerated, and and I didn't think you know sticking with those lineups through essentially the the first half or the second half of the first quarter and the first half of the second quarter, uh, you know that 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 was really do it the benefiting the the Charlotte Hornets. And again, it's not about winning preseason games or even winning quarters. It's really just about playing well and and that and that allowing your team to play more confidently. And I thought they were playing so disastrously that it was actually leaking into the confidence of the team. So I'm glad that Steve Clifford started to rework that. You saw uh, you saw LaMelo and PJ together with some of the bench units. You saw Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball and playing the two starting guards with the bench unit. And, and I thought those instances started to work well. And in fact, the game I thought got away from the Hornets uh, towards the end when they did go back to those units, which is fine. Like you don't you don't need to you know play regular season rotations in the preseason. It's fine to go back to that. Um, but that's you know I think it, it does show though that and then I'm going to repeat this because we've got first time listeners and I, and I think it bears repeating that this is a team that really cannot have certainly can't have two but I think there's even a question if you have one major rotation piece like a Gordon Hayward or, or a Cody Martin obviously if LaMelo is out for extended time it's it's season over it's Wibanyama tanking time but even if you have a Gordon Hayward a Cody a Cody Martin out for significant amounts of time the fact is the draft picks that they've made over the past couple of seasons are not ready for serious 
NBA rotation minutes. You could give them those minutes, and they could improve on those minutes, but your team's success is not going to be there. So that's that's just the facts. Uh, and, and I think this preseason, uh, you know, even – I think even somebody who was extremely optimistic about a James Book Knight or a JT Thor, like I was extremely optimistic about JT Thor. I haven't been that impressed with what I've seen from him so far, even though he did have a Thor's hammer dunk in in that uh, last preseason game. But I haven't seen enough exciting things for him to be like, oh yeah, he's like d- definitely legit rotation piece. You can play him night in and night out, and and he's going to help your team win. I'm not there yet. I'm certainly not there with James Book Knight, who was 0 for 8 in this past game. But I did see small improvements. That's another thing that I spied. I spied small improvements for James Booknight and Mark Williams. I thought both played better defensively. Like I saw some actually great defensive possessions from James Booknight, something that I've struggled to really see uh, his entire NBA career, albeit a short career so far. Uh, I just haven't seen it, but I saw a great defensive effort from James Booknight. I think Clifford is going to have a big influence on his ability on that end of the floor. But still offensively struggling, um, you know, is is still going one on one, head down towards the basket, getting stripped. Uh, had a bad turnover, trying to leak it out, push it ahead, uh, threw it right to Boston. So there were some issues there offensively for James Booknight. The coaching staff is still high on him. Uh, you know, look, Clifford was really high on Dwayne Bacon. So, I mean, he would he would praise Dwayne Bacon and say, look, Dwayne Bacon's a starter in this league. Dwayne Bacon didn't end up being a starter in this league. Like, coaches can see things in players and can try to motivate players by, by publicly acknowledging those great things, but it doesn't guarantee that that player is actually going to go out there and execute. It's all up to the player. It doesn't matter how much Steve Clifford says, I believe in James Booknight. If James Booknight doesn't go out and perform for you eventually as a coach, you have to say, look, I mean, you know, opportunity given. I don't think we're there yet at all with James Booknight. There's a lot of story left to write on this guy. And, and, I, ho- and I hope for the team's sake that, that he figures it out because, look, they're, they're going to need uh, a ton of guard play because they don't have serious offensive threats down low. So you have to have excellent guard play to win if you're this team. You have to run, which is something James Booknight can do. He can push it in transition. So, you know, I, I hope uh, that James Booknight figures it out either th- this preseason or, or at some point. Uh, for uh, for the team's success. Mark Williams, uh, you know, again, more evidence from him that I, I don't think he's ready to be a major rotation contributor right now. I thought he was going to be, uh, but, uh, but it doesn't look like that. Uh, again, he had a few good defensive plays, but offensively, uh, you know, obviously the big highlight play that a lot of people saw was uh, Mark Williams getting rejected on an easy transition play by Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson... I don't know. Not somebody that I I feel like uh, is is sort of a block machine. Is is I don't rate Justin Jackson as somebody that's like extremely athletic, but Mark Williams is slow to get up. And then I thought you know, and Clifford kind of mentioned this, but like pick and roll defense is something that Mark Williams has to figure out. Uh, and there were a couple of plays in this one where his feet got caught up and he wasn't ready uh, to 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 defend a, a sort of a standard NBA pick and roll. And that's something he's definitely going to have to figure out because, look, he's not switchable up top. And that was the big thing. Like, you're not going to be able to switch Mark Williams up top. So he's got to be able to figure out, you know, those drop coverages that Steve Clifford. Steve Clifford made Al Jefferson into a serviceable. And be careful here not say that he was like a good defensive center, but he was a serviceable defensive option down low at the power forward position or at the center position because 
he he was able to sort of understand these drop coverages and execute on them to limit what teams did at the rim. And so that's where Mark Williams ultimately has to get to. Uh, final thing that I spied in Greensboro, I spied an old face, an old an old friend. Uh, that's Kimball Walker. He was sitting courtside with Hornets executives uh, on on either side of him in Greensboro. The crowd uh, giving him a nice shout out. Uh, I love, love the whole idea of doing the Greensboro game, by the way. You've, you've extended, I think they extended the lease or the agreement to play in Greensboro for the Swarm. Uh, they don't play in the Greensboro Coliseum despite the court being decorated, the, the Greensboro Coliseum court being decorated with the Greensboro Swarm. They actually play in, in sort of a field house that's on the complex. Um, but it was nice to see them give the shout out to the Swarm and nice to see Greensboro giving a shout out to Kimball Walker. Now, some updates on Kimball Walker's situation. It appears from everything that I read that, that the Detroit Pistons, who uh, currently have Kimball Walker under contract via tr- trade, uh, that they are going to buy him out. I don't know what the whole... I mean, I, I don't know, but I think it's easy to figure out what the holdup is. Kimball Walker uh, would like to be paid a majority of his contract, and the Detroit Pistons were, were saying, look, if we're going to buy you out, we need to you need to cut us a deal, cut us some slack here on your deal. And um, so that's, that's obviously what's holding it up. Uh, but Kimball Walker wants to play. He's not going to play in Detroit, it looks like. And so if he wants to play, ultimately Kimball Walker and his team have to get together and figure out, all right, what are we willing to give up here so that I have the opportunity to play? If he is bought out, uh, and, and also Kimball Walker and his team have to figure out, okay, if I'm bought out, do I even have an opportunity to play? Could I? Could, is Charlotte you know, going to ex- extend me an offer because if if I'm not going to play this season, then then I do need to try to get as much of my deal as possible. Obviously, uh, I I don't know, and even though he was flanked by Hornets executives, I don't think we should take that to mean that Kimball Walker is absolutely going to get offered a deal by Charlotte um, if he is bought out. The the team is going to I think more intimately know what Kimball Walker has left in the tank. Uh, than, than anyone else. Um, and, you know, you have to be careful there that you don't let sentiment leak into the, the logical choice. You do have Dennis Smith Jr., who has missed the past two games for personal reasons, but it looked like he was back at practice, so they may get a look at him for the preseason. Uh, but I think you just have to be really careful here that Kimball Walker actually can come on and contribute. Because I, I don't want the Charlotte Hornets to sign Kimball Walker as a, as a sort of uh, mascot. I, I just don't think that that would help the team. Uh, they they need players that can actually contribute on the floor. Um, so so we'll keep an eye on that. All right, coming up on the show, I I go, I'm going to preview this preseason game that's coming up tonight. Hornets playing the Wizards. It is televised seven o'clock p.m. on Valley Sports Southeast and, and on the radio WFNZ. So we're going to talk about an important preseason game number four. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online, you know they they are our source for uh, for preseason for preseason betting for sure. We've been uh, using them to figure out these lines, so we figure out whether to take the bet or not. But BetOnline.net is also your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. 
there, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. I'm talking MLB. Oh, to hope, hopefully the Braves can figure this thing out. They've got the Phillies coming up. I'm, I'm really hoping, you know, I, I got, I got to see their world series last season with my uh, newborn daughter. That newborn daughter is now one year old and I hope uh, that she gets to see another Braves championship. Anyway, MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, head to betonline.net. Use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts much more ahead on the locked on Hornets podcast. Stick around. Final segment of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Hornets at Wizards, 7 o'clock p.m., Valley Sports Southeast on the radio WFNZ. Here's what you need to know. Bradley Beal, the star guard for the Washington Wizards, went into the health and safety protocols. So the Hornets have uh, one less Washington Wizard weapon to have to worry about to game plan against. Uh, that would be positive, I guess, if it's in the regular season. But I think in the preseason, you'd actually rather a team come at you at full strength to really give you an idea of of you know what you know to gauge your team a little bit better, what your team can do. Uh, the Wizards have gone zero and two in two preseason games, but they were in Japan, so they were part of these the the international NBA effort. Uh, but they've had a week since to kind of figure things out. So they've kind of had a, the the early preseason games and then late camp. Uh, they've also got some new faces joining Bradley Beal, Monte Morris, uh, Christos Porzingis, Will Barton, so a couple of Nuggets coming over to join the Wizards. Now, I was looking this up because I'm just curious like how Christos Porzingis has played against the Charlotte franchise, Charlotte Hornets specifically. Uh, KP hasn't been an extremely tough cover for the Hornets over the years. It's not like he's dropping 40 on them consistently. Uh, but limiting his shooting has been a challenge. There haven't been many games where Kristaps has, hasn't uh, shot 40% from three. Uh, and, and I don't expect that to change much this game. I think you're going to see plenty of KP3s go down uh, because you don't have a lot of options at center uh, that, that can really hang with them unless – they they work some they they try to work out some PJ but again that's the thing about KP is that even if you put PJ who can stay with you on the three point line can recover back to you KP he's tall that's why he's a unicorn he can shoot over the top especially over PJ who he's going to have you know several several inches on so KP going to be a problem they've got to figure that out but they don't have to deal with Bradley Beal oh that rhymed. One thing I'm watching in this game for the Charlotte Hornets, do they finally let Gordon Hayward and Cody Martin play? And how does that ripple through the lineups? You know, the lineup breaks that we talked a lot about in that second segment. How do they change when you let Gordon Hayward and Cody Martin finally play? They got to get these guys in, first of all, for their personal, just sort of in season or regular season prep, but also just to see what you have uh, for the team. And so Gordon Hayward's been out because he knocked knees in practice and the knee was feeling a little funny and they wanted to be precautionary. He probably could have, if it had been a regular season game, could have gone in that first preseason game. Um, but they just wanted to be precautionary. And then Cody Martin uh, left knee tendinopathy. So just left knee soreness from gearing back up for the regular season. Do they, again, get both these guys in? Does DSJ, probably no on DSJ. I would assume because he's been out for personal reasons, they're going to let him you know, get a few days of practice in before he gets back in. But unsure about that, we'll see closer to game time. But the other question I have, though, with... If you do get Gordon Hayward and Cody Martin back in, 
Do you use this game as an opportunity to see what you have at full strength, or do you wait until the next preseason game to do that? And in this game, do you give opportunities for some of the players that have been playing a lot, especially your starters, to maybe get some rest? I'm looking at a guy like Terry Rozier, who played, who's played 30 minutes a couple of times this preseason already. You know, a veteran. He's been around for a while. Has some years on his knees. You know, maybe you give him an opportunity uh, to rest, but maybe he doesn't take that opportunity. Maybe he's a Jalen Brown type of cat and says, "No, if we're hooping, I'm hooping." So uh, we'll see. Are and and finally, am I taking the bet? Well, you know my answer on that. If you've listened to this show a lot, I don't bet on the Charlotte Hornets in the preseason. It's just not happening. But I will give you the line, courtesy of our friends at Bet Online. Look at that, the Hornets minus four. Believe it's the first time this this preseason that they've been favorites in a game and they're getting four points. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the news on Beal's absence over and under set at 217. So a decently high, oh, actually lowest scoring game of the night. And that makes a lot of sense if you follow the Charlotte Hornets this preseason. Their offense has... Uh, not to been a good. Uh, so we'll see if that improves. We really haven't seen like a, a legitimately great offensive game uh, from the Charlotte Hornets yet. Uh, so maybe again, do they get back to full strength? Do they get back to playing some of that offensive basketball that we've been accustomed to seeing in Charlotte for the past couple of seasons? Big questions. Uh, we will be doing a postcast tonight uh, after the game. So uh, maybe look in your feeds after the game tonight uh, to see if we've dropped a late night episode. Uh, Walker will be rejoining me to discuss everything that's happening in this Washington Wizards game. Until then, make sure you're checking out Locked On NBA. It's your daily NBA update in under 30 minutes. Uh, for Walker Mail, I'm Doug Branson saying, Go Hornets, go America, let's swarm Charlotte.